Hello everyone and welcome to another episode. This is episode 59 of What's Happening in Travel. Uh, I'm Crow and I'm here with my buddy. Kushro. And um, this is going to be our airline episode. We have a lot of airline uh, stuff to talk about today. Um, also as of December 30th. Uh, yes, because we're recording on December 30th, which is good. Um, so, Kusho, what what's your airplane background today? I am on, for whatever reason, uh, British Airways kick. So I have uh, one of their older liveries, the Landor design, which was is a close second to the classy BOAC colors. And this okay. is a triple seven. I like that design. Um, so, British, British Airways has gone through so many designs. I know. You remember the ones with the, with the, the funky tail? World tails. I thought yeah. those were very, very unique, but apparently a lot of Britons did not. I know. I liked them. I thought they were nice. Yep. I think, now was, it, was that one that Margaret Thatcher put her? Probably. Or something? She didn't like Probably. <laughs> and um, I have the A350-1000 um, that Cathay Pacific used to fly. Um, this is actually from their uh, inaugural flight that they did from Hong Kong to Dallas. And this is going back from Dallas to Hong Kong. And I still don't think this aircraft looks as big as it is. Because compared to a 777, it still looks smaller. But it's the same size. Yeah, I, I guess so, it's, it's, a, it's a good design. You flow, have you flown the 1000 yet? No, not even the 900. Uh, dude, really? No. Uh, yeah. uh. I have flown the 900, which is good. And um, so, so, you know, I flew Fly B um, because they fly out of Paris to Pope huh. via the US, and now it's actually via the Caribbean. Um, and I flew there to San Francisco. And then I flew. Um, Wait, Fly B? Mm-hmm. Oh, um, sorry, not French Fly B. B, French B. Ooh. French B. Oh my God, I'm going back. Yeah. No, they don't fly across the Atlantic. Correct, <laughs> they do not. <laughs> uh, they're gone, right? Huh? Hopefully, Virgin is trying to re- resurrect uh, Flyby. Uh, yes, yeah, Flyby. God, that's too funky. But no, and then I flew. Um, uh, oh, I forgot the other airline I flew. Now I flew Qatar. Um, yeah, I flew. I flew the Qatar. other French. Um, What's the other one? Um, well, it'll come to me. Okay. Um, I flew Qatar from, um, was it Doha, uh, Fra- um, Frankfurt, Doha, I think it was. I did. Yeah. And then, so. And I think I thought you did Singapore Airlines also, didn't you? you um, yes, I've done Singapore Airlines. Um, uh, I've done them from here and I've also, the, the A350-900 is actually the photo that's on my phone. Okay. <laughs> if y'all could see. Maybe. No, uh, no not working. Oops. Yes, yeah. Momentarily. Momentarily. There you go. So that's the yeah. one that's on my phone. Um, and there's another one that I flew. But anyway. Um, but, but great, great airplane. Um, all right. So... Let's jump from the background and we'll go talk about airlines. Um, so what's your first topic? All right, so the first one I have is we're talking about 
biometric. Now, I am not such a big fan of biometric stuff in aviation because I just don't, I don't like when we have all our quote unquote, not DNA, but well, I guess maybe it's our DNA, but all our, our stuff floating all over around, around and all these. No, things. it's not DNA. Right, it's Let not me DNA. correct that. Yeah, thank you. So it's not DNA, but you know, you, you have my bio, you have my biometric information floating around somewhere. It, it's just me and I love technology. And so, but, but the good thing is that um, it's easier to identify people. And so we don't, we're not relying on touching and things like that. So uh, Air Canada is doing some stuff. What are they doing? So actually there are two stories related okay. to biometrics. And um, here's what I found a little um, unusual. Um, we'll talk about this later, but Star Alliance has a biometric platform that they're rolling out. But on December 9th, Air Canada announced apparently their own system, but out of San Francisco, only on certain flights to Canada. But they have yet to offer it from Canadian destinations. Uh, and it's only going to be rolled out at other US airports, which again, is a little unusual. You would think they would have initiated it at Toronto or uh, Vancouver or Montreal, but maybe there are privacy issues there that um, delayed the rollout or whatever. But um, this was in partnership with the US Customs and Border Patrol, the CBP. Right. Which again is unusual, because I thought they would have uh, premiered it with the Canadian equivalent. But oh, I, th um, I think it's because of Nexus. They're probably testing it with Nexus. I don't know about that. Yeah, it, I think they've not mentioned that. Yeah, I think that's probably because Nexus so, and the the um, CBP. Yeah, well, global two entry. different countries, right? Uh, yeah, but but Nexus and Global Entry they're all integrated. Nexus is. Are a, they really? Yeah. Yeah, they're part of their okay. part. They're, they're, they're into, and Nexus, uh, Global Entry did that with a number of different countries where they integrated the system. So if you're a member of one, you just have to do something slightly. So, it's easier so this was in Forbes, though, which is a pretty reputable publication. Mm -hmm. They made no mention of Nexus whatsoever. Yeah. But in any event, um, this is for boarding only. So you arrive at the boarding gate to get your picture taken. And it's validated with your passport documents um, and details already in your CBB profile. Now, given how we've had cases of uh, COVID positive uh, passengers going through security despite not being technically able to fly, I hope their systems are aligned for this. Um, They're not. Of rollout. They're not. <laughs> they're not because come on because uh, all they're I'm going to be positive no they're not I, well i mean the 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 biometric thing when um when you come into the country i think miami is the ones that were testing it uh with your global entry they already mm -hmm. had the biometric thing you just look into it and it tells yep. you it's not just good. miami it's it's uh, new york as well yeah, so they're rolling it out um, all over. And I, and I yeah. assume that all they're doing is just adding this to the system that's, that they have there. Uh, a yeah. lot of times you see this, they're like, oh, this is brand new. It's like, well, it's been tested already. <laughs> it's I just hope they're not, um, you know, skimping on things because 
In the previous system, which was also glo wonderful, global entry, they would ask you specific questions if you had food or meat or vegetables. Now there's nothing. And well, I right. just hope people don't abuse that and spoil it for the rest of us. Um, no, because... Um, because you cannot trust even, people. Even I'm the, sounding like you now. <laughs> you can't. Because people are trying to cheat. Some people are yes. trying to cheat. So I hope they're not... Um, well, the, um, the customs officers, they're well-trained. And they're, they're... Remember, you don't have your bags with you when you're doing this entry but, procedure, right? right. But, but, that, but that's okay, because by the time... They, remember, there's immigration and customs. So this is just immigration per se, right? And right. They, know, they know who the smugglers are. I don't know how okay. they know. Yes, I don't know how they know this. Maybe show. 80, 90% of the time, but not the other. Yeah, well, there's some people that are going to uh, speak to this. Like, like for example, uh, I came back from Mexico early one morning, and um, everybody on the flight was screened. Everybody has to go through secondary. And the pilot was bitching. He was like, oh, I hate this flight because um, uh, I always get, you always get screened on that flight. Hmm. Also, they um, sometimes, depending on how many times I travel within a month, I would automatically uh, get, um, get. Uh, uh, that's fine. That's fine. But, yeah. you know, I'm, I'm talking about the food and agriculture aspect of it. That's, that's it. a serious issue. No, 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 but that's what I'm talking about. They should about. be as strict as Australia is. I think, but, but they know they're. they're I, I don't know how they know. They're really very good at figuring out uh, because remember they use those dogs and stuff. Um, Not anymore. No, I haven't seen a dog in a, ages. See the fact that you don't see them, Christian. Doesn't mean they're probably behind there. the scenes. Yeah, yeah probably. exactly. And yeah. so um, remember that remember immigration and customs area. There's a lot of glasses. Yep. That no, I know see. that. I know that. So they this know is at entry, on. though. This is yeah. at entry. Yeah, yeah, but they know what's going on. Um, I hope they, so. They know what's I going so. on. Because like, even, like in the UK, for example, I'm going to the UK and I see them with people's suitcases open and there's like a whole bunch of cigarettes in there. Like, how do you know? How do you know that that guy have 20 cases of cigarette when he should only have two? And all these people have passed by. So they are very, very good at what they do. Uh, you know, we don't know a lot of them, yeah. um, but yeah. But so they, 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 you know, God bless because them. in Australia, there's no mistaking that you're not supposed to bring in certain things. Uh, correct. But I think people. But I mean, I've gone to Australia, and there's no nobody checked me. At least I think nobody checked me because I don't okay. have my stuff on me. Right? See, so you always have a back, just a backpack, right? Typically. Yeah. But I could bring, I could bring the same stuff I can put in my bag. I can bring in my backpack. Yeah. You know, so, so they, so they do know. Um, uh, when I come back from, oh, so JFK, I was talking to one of the officers at JFK. Okay, we're getting hopelessly sidetracked here. Oh, no, but it, this is related to CBP. I was talking to one of the officers at uh, JFK and he said um, they have different protocols for different flights in different countries. Oh, absolutely. No question about it. So, for example, and people call it, you know, uh, racism or whatever it is, or profiling, but it's not. It's just how, it's just how things are done. Yeah, they absolutely. Know, they know that people from the Caribbean bring back fish and meat and all these types of food. So the Caribbean flights, um, they go through them with a fine-tooth comb. They know that... <laughs> 
I know that's the case for Africa as well, right? But yes. if you're coming to the US from Africa, there are not that many non-stops. So you have to go invariably via Europe. Exactly. And so how do you get, get those people? Uh, well, you, because they know what they, they, they know. Remember, remember, they know everybody who's coming in on a flight. Every flight that lands, they right. know those people are. And they profile you. The black people are coming from Africa. Not necessarily. And not no, necessarily, not necessarily. But, but they know you. They're, pro, they're really good at their jobs. Let's just say that. <laughs> they're very, very good at their jobs. Because, and the thing is that, I mean, I get profiled all the time because I'm a black guy who's traveling. Um, I don't make a fuss about it because I understand what they're doing. Mm. And, um, and as long as they don't treat me disrespectfully, um, yeah. I now I've seen them treat other people disrespectfully. Like when you go into, when you go into the UK and people are from India, they treat them. Oh God. Yes. As, and these are Indians in yes. the UK and it's behave like they Indians badly. Yep. So, there is a lot of, uh, because, you know, quote unquote, you know what your people are up to, right? Which is really sad. But um, so I've seen that happen. But, yep. but they, they, they know what they're doing. And what the guy told me too, he says, people who come from Poland, they bring sausage back mm-hmm. and they store them in their underwear. And so they look at yeah. them. Yes. Would you eat it after that? Well, it's all spicy, so you can, right? (laughs) And he says that they look at them and they they have their gloves on, they sit at them and they go, where are you hiding it? And they say, we don't have any. And he goes, look, we can keep this up all day or you can just take it out and throw it in the trash. Uh, Or we can go inside and I'll take it out and throw it in the trash. (laughs) And then he says, then they stick in their their pants and they take it out and throw it away. And then he goes, do you have any How could you not notice that? Well, come on. (laughs) (laughs) No, I'm sorry. Uh, you should so, be in Hollywood if you're mean, that endowed <laughs> or not Hollywood whatever the equivalent is exactly but this is what happens so yes they do profile you because they know that certain things come from certain countries and certain people behave a certain way and so um, unfortunately that is how customs work and tr- trust me in Australia they profile you too because they know where you're coming from those people are really absolutely good. yep they're, they're really yep. good at their job very very good at their job so, thank god because you know the stuff that we could have if if um there was if they if they stop this i will be furious because it's so so convenient to have global entry yeah oh, oh they, they won't stop global entry global entry is just an easier way for us to get in get in and out and they trust you. Uh, yeah but yeah. that's the thing but can you trust people uh, well, yeah, but they'll kick you out. They'll just kick you out of the program. If you violate it, because every, yeah. every time you get renewed, they ask you the question. And if you did something wrong in between the time that your global mm. entry was renewed, you're out. So Is that right? Yeah, yeah. They're very strict. Okay. They ask you all the questions again. So if you had any infractions during that time, mm. like you brought crap in or something like that, you're out. You can't get it again. So no, they're really yeah. very strict with that. Um, they won't but, take it away because there's some idiots. No, thank God they won't do that. Uh, well, we might as well talk about what Star Alliance is. Yeah. About. So yes, we got. Um, I forgot about this, but Star Alliance has just unveiled their um, own biometrics uh, platform, uh-huh. 
And Lufthansa at Frankfurt in Munich, not surprisingly, has been the first to roll it out. Okay. Um, so they're only doing it for um, Lufthansa and Swiss uh, frequent flyers. That's the Miles and More program. So it's a free option that um, allows passengers departing from either Munich or Frankfurt to um, take a selfie um, via the Lufthansa app and then pass through security and boarding at the gate uh, biometrically. So apparently they link your boarding pass and all your um, details um, through the app. Again, I'm hoping these are well coordinated. Um, but um, yeah, I'm amazed that you can get the facial recognition technology to be so fine-tuned with just a selfie. Uh, oh yeah. Oh, Apparently oh, you yeah, can. Of course. Um, they, so, uh, they're doing that really good now. And one of the problems they had was because everybody was wearing a mask, it was difficult to, right. to figure it out, but they right. figured that out. Yes, because now you can keep your mask on. Yeah. And you can yeah. also do it at an especially designated kiosk at these two uh, German airports. And it's applicable to all Star Alliance participating carriers and, and none of the data is stored. And um, uh, it's rolled out only currently at T1 in Frankfurt, but they hope to expand it to the other concourses as well. Okay. It makes sense. So I would hope other Star Alliance members would get on board quickly. And that's why I'm surprised Air Canada did this on their own and not through Star Alliance. Because they are also one of the founding members, right? It's probably United. related. They're probably related uh, because they, it, it's the same software. The, the, the systems probably just aren't yeah. quote unquote connected. Right. But yeah. Yeah, it should, it, it should, it should all so It's all these there. little things that I think are quite amazing that we just don't even think about. No, I mean, and the work and, those, and the effort that goes into this. Is there's a lot of things going on behind the scenes. Some we know about and some not so much. Uh, no. Especially with um, the whole information that is sent behind the scenes once you yeah. get them board a plane. Yep. Um, you know, which is why oftentimes the plane lands in Canada. Yeah. Uh, and they take somebody off and then they continue. <laughs> but what we never hear, what happens to that person who they took off yeah. the plane in Canada? Do they, they, are they like these airplanes waiting to take them back to, the, back to Europe? <laughs> yeah. Oh, sorry, who you got to- Who pays for it? Who pays for it? I guess it would be the government because they made a mistake or maybe it's the airlines. Because oftentimes what happens that the systems that are supposed to check, they take a long time to come back. Mm. Oh, the computers are down. Um, so, yeah, it's it's quite interesting. I've never been on a flight that does one of those stops. So I'm I'm still waiting to stop in Gander. <sighs> Someday, <laughs> um, <laughs> I'd be the only happy person on the flight. Um, all right. So we've been talking about um, <sighs> airlines, people starting all these airlines. The next few stories we have are about new airlines and, and dying airlines. So Norway has another one. Y yes. And the reason I brought this up is <laughs> Norway is not particularly large country in terms of population. Correct. I mean, it's a long, long country. It's a huge coastline. 
But um, with Wizz Air going into the domestic Norwegian market, and SAS, and uh, Ryanair, and Widero, already, and Norwegian, already in the domestic Norway markets, yeah. a few people, exec, 30 Norwegian executives, have thought Norway needed yet another carrier. And they've named it F-L-Y-R. I'm not sure if it's pronounced FLIR, because it's apparently the verb of uh, Norwegian, which means to fly. Yeah, fly. I don't know. Fly. I could not. Fly. Well, yeah, yeah, for us Anglophones. Well, but I, I think it's flyer because F-L-Y-E-R was taken. And you know how these millennials can't spell. So they just take out the vowels <laughs> so they can get the... So because the, the URL... I remember F- we're talking Norwegian here. And that's fine. The URL was... So, and so they use F-L-Y-R. So uh, what I found interesting is that this has been um, led by, do you remember Brathens in Norway? Yeah, Brathens Safe. Brathens Safe, mm-hmm. yes. Uh, well, it's, it's one of their ex-executives who has uh, founded this new airline. Okay. Uh, they expect to start in the first half of 2021. And uh, their tagline is, this is their quotation, to deliver the simplest flight in the most suitable way possible. Okay. Um, so everything's going to be uh, via the app. So God help you if there is an outage in data or Wi-Fi. And they are going to take a more green approach to profitability. They are not going to require more and more people board flights in order to be profitable, but instead they're going to cut their overheads and um, allow passengers, as they say, to manage their entire flight experience from booking to bag delivery via a phone app. Um, The CEO is uh, ex-Norwegian, and which is a little bit ironic because Norwegian is in a lot of trouble with Norway because they've been accused of bypassing Norwegian employment rules in that they register their aircraft in the UK and the e- and Ireland. And they also hire staff um, okay. from outside Norway yeah. for lower costs. Mm-hmm. So it's ironic that she is the CEO of the uh, this new FLIR or FLIR airline. And they have no final details on what aircraft they're going to fly, but it's either the 737 or the 320. Mm. So, but I just thought it was an interesting concept. Yeah, I, I, so, did, look, I did look at that website. Um, and yeah, so just think of it as flyer. Yeah, and incidentally, did you know what SAFE stood for in Brathens, SAFE? Um, yes. Uh, I thought it was some unpronounceable Norwegian name. No, but it's no, not. No. It's an abbreviation. Um, South America and Far East. Thank you. <laughs> so, they flew for 57 years in Norway, in Scandinavia. Yeah. yeah. So, um, I still remember their color scheme with the Norwegian flag on their tail. 
Oh yeah, I totally remember remember breath ends. But and and then I think they changed it from breath and safe to just breath ends. Breath ends, yes. Uh, and breath ends is B. SAS took it over. Yeah. In two thousand four, um, I believe. Yes. Yeah. So, these um. So why, Kushra? Why? Why are all these little airlines? Remember, uh, it's probably really cheap, right? Pick up aircraft and crew at this time. Yeah, but it's not sustainable. Well, because nobody is flying. So yes, you can buy some cheap stuff. But remember, it's they're planning to start first half of twenty twenty one, when hopefully Norway will get its act get its act together and have its people vaccinated. Yes, but there's already SAS. There's already right. Norwegian that's having issues. Right. And so now there's a new one, and there's a Wizzair is flying. Wiz and Widerow. Um, yeah. So and like, Ryanair. Yeah, so stop it, people. I was speaking of Wiz. Um, they're flying uh, into Oman. That's Wiz Air Abu Dhabi. Yes. Yes. Crazy. And the fares, so, are, re- the fares are really cheap. And so, people are already complaining. I'm like, okay, well, don't fly them. Uh, why you, co- you, you know what you're getting. It's Wiz Air. It doesn't matter where they fly. You're, it's Wiz Air. Hey, they're successful. Uh, well, yeah, because... They cater people, to a demand. Because people are dumb, Kusha. It's like, why would you complain about flying on somebody? And you still fly. Uh, right? You're like, oh, it really sucks. Wizz Even Air. after complaining. Yeah, it's like, oh, it really sucks. We're just going to fly in. And I'm like, okay, well, you don't like Wizz Air, so, so why are you flying them? Mm. Anyway. Uh, talk about Lyft after this um, and with new airlines yes because we're doing the new ones before the ones yeah. that <laughs> okay. so this is another one we, uh, this is Lyft airlines in South Africa we yeah, talked okay. about this a little earlier right? We several did. weeks earlier we did and um, I just wanted to update it because uh, they started service on December 10th um and I actually went and looked at their website, which is actually pretty good. Mm-hmm. Um, fares are very recent, but the only reason I've included so much detail today is that they have started service um, in collaboration with Global Aviation, which is a leasing and operator of aircraft based in Johannesburg. Right. And they are flying with three Airbus 320s that are on average 30 years old. Wow. Um, Their routes are going to be Johannesburg to Cape Town six times a day, which is the premier route in South Africa, and also Johannesburg to George, which is um, also on the southern coast um, of South Africa, east of Cape Town. So far, those are the only three destinations they're flying. Um, and uh, uh, this is, as we mentioned earlier, being set up by an ex-Uber Africa executive and also um, the ex-head of Kulula, which was, which is a South African low-cost carrier. Um, they, and uh, w- one more reason actually why I included this is that any reservations uh, can be modified, cancelled, or even the name changed 
within 24 hours of departure without any penalty and no fees, which I thought was remarkable. Do I have to call? Well, well it's, it's not, Kutcher. We have, that, we have that here. We can do that in the US. You can change names 24 hours before departure with yeah. no penalty? Yeah, you just cancel it. If they won't let you do it, you just cancel it. Are you able to do it 24 hours? Yeah, I yeah. know 24 hours after booking. Oh, oh before departure. Oh, before sorry. departure. After booking. Yeah, yeah, no, no, no. Yeah. So that's why I wanted to mention this. And when that's, I priced the... That's the well, that's their angle. When I priced the flight on their website, which is remarkably helpful, um, the price between... Uh, this was like later this week, Johannesburg to Cape Town. It was about 855 South African Rand, which is about 54, 55 US dollars, which is really not a bad deal. But is it you're flying on a 30 plus year old Airbus 320, but you get a good South African coffee on board. And if you're flying during meal times, lunchtime, you get a sampling of South African wines. So um, I don't know how long this airline will last, but actually given the near collapse of South African airlines, South African airways, I think they may actually have a shot. Uh, but we have to wait and see. Yeah, that's It's a very boring livery. And remember this lift name was chosen by eighth eight South Africans out of 25,000 entries in a public contest. I don't like it, Kasha, because it sounds like the guy who used to run Kalula is pissed off because he's no longer running it, so he goes <laughs> and he forms another airline. Well, is that any different from David yeah. Nieleman? Kalula's still running, right? Yeah, Kalula's still running. Is there, there's another one that's still running, um, Nation. Mango. There's Mango, but is, is it Nation? So that's South African Airways. That's okay. But there's Deutsche BA. Uh, Comair. Comair, yeah. Yeah, Comair. And, and but I think it goes by Deutsche BA, right? No, it's Comair. Which is very odd. In... No, it's, no, it goes by Comair. Okay. Yeah. Comair South Africa, because there's yeah. a Comair US. Yeah, it goes by Comair. Um, I've actually flown them. I've flown them from Johannesburg to um, okay. to uh, Windhoek in Namibia. Okay. Um, okay. Oh, the nice 800 flight. Not dash 800. Um, yeah, so it sounds like the guy disgruntled, so he's, he got his buddies to give him money to form a new airline. I have uh, to salute him, right, for that? No, because I don't think he's filling a void. Uh, you already have three airlines on the route. And well, yes, apparently it's, like, it's not enough, and they want to capitalize on the summer tourist traffic. Though I don't know what tourist traffic there will be There won't be any year. tourist traffic for the summer. I have because a friend South Africa is going through a batch as well. Uh, yeah, they, they just have, uh, they, they're in lockdown right now. Yeah, a new variant from there now. Yes, they're in so, lockdown and like no alcohol, you can't go anywhere until like the 14th. Yeah, time. that's right. <clears throat> yeah. Yeah. Um, I don't know why. Alcohol's an interesting thing. I know it is, right? I'm like, oh, it's New Year's, so they don't want people getting drunk and doing all this. Yeah. Because, yeah. um, uh, you know, of course, here, here in the US, they're making a big fuss. And, and you, you know, uh, the next month, our numbers are going to go out the roof because we've had yep. years, we've had Thanksgiving, we've had Christmas. And yep. so we're getting all the... But we don't care. No, apparently. Me, me, me. Yeah, which is really stupid. Um, so, 
but back to Mr. Lifton there. Um, all right. There is a reason why airlines don't allow you to change your ticket 24 hours before departure. Um, because, I mean, you know, people just don't show up. Yep. All kinds of things happen. And changing a ticket name at the last minute means that you can buy a ticket and sell it to somebody else. That is why they don't do that. And, and he should know this. He used to work for the other airline. <laughs> That's their angle. I don't like that angle at all. I, you know what's so funny, Kusha? It's like the airline business is the airline business. There are not many things that you can change uh, because, yeah. of, because of how it is. Again, um, I'm going to go back to the cost. These aircraft were probably dirt cheap. The crews are probably ex-South African, given how much SAA has shrunk. Yeah. So I don't know if there's a lot of downside, quite honestly. I don't like it. I mean, yes, there probably is, but... No, and it, I, I assume that he had a thing with Kalula that said he couldn't go start a competing airline until after a certain time, and the time probably expired. Perhaps, perhaps. <laughs> they always have. And the maintenance, though, on these 320s. That's going to be an issue. Yeah. Because 30 plus year old aircraft are not entirely 100% reliable. I know, it's great. Despite how well you take care of them. And the thing is that um, African aviation, it is very expensive to travel within within Africa. Yep. Um, That's why all these European carriers jump at any opportunity to serve Africa. Yep. Yeah, it's um, it's 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 very expensive. So I let's see it. if we talk about Lyft next year at this time. No, we'll be talking about it in a few months because I don't think they're gonna uh, make. Uh, I don't think it's gonna work. And you're right, Johannesburg, um, Durban. Is it Durban or Cape Town? Cape Town. Yeah, that's a very very popular route. Um, that's the route when uh, I was trying to fly. Sorry, I'm watching a, a, a squirrel uh, eating stuff like right next to me here okay. <laughs> as I'm outside. Johannesburg, um, Cape Town. I was trying to, to do a flight once and um, I wanted to actually go visit Cape Town, but I didn't because um, the, the flights were full and it was during cricket season. Okay. So yeah, during cricket season. So if you're non-revin, do not non-rev during cricket season within um, South Africa. Well, that's summer peak, right? Uh, yeah, because is invariably. you will not get on those flights. And remember that the seasons are flipped, so they're having summer right now. Yeah. Um, okay. Uh, <laughs> all right. So I think last week we talked about, uh, we've been saying that, don't start an airline now, stop it. But, um, but anyway, uh, an airline from Montenegro shuts, shuts down. Which one is that? Yes. So this was not exactly unexpected. We, again, we talked about this maybe three, two, three weeks ago. Possibly. Montenegro yeah. Airlines, which mm-hmm. is, uh, has a whopping three aircraft in their fleet. Sorry, four. Uh, three Embraer 175s and 195s and one yeah. uh, F100, a Fokker 100. So, um, and again, the reason... Uh. It's a tiny, tiny airline based, of course, in Montenegro in what was the previous Yugoslavia, Southern Yugoslavia. 
But anyway, uh, the reason I included this is because um, this airline has been bleeding money uh, for years since they were established, actually. Yeah. Uh, and they closed down on December 25th. Um, but the minister announced that by the year end of 2020, they were going to announce a replacement, which begs the question of why shut down this airline if you're going to replace it in a few days? I think there's more to it that we, that we know. Yes, of course there are. There is more now, to it that we know. They have over 50 million euros, uh, oh, actually close to 100 million euros in aircraft and other debt that they've been um, accruing since 1994 uh, when it was uh, first established. And they anticipate that the cost to shut it down um, would be about 50 million euros. But this is a new government in Montenegro. And they said that there was um, corruption between the airline authorities and the government of Montenegro that was uh, paying for the airline in that they were cheating one another and portraying a false uh, image of profitability to the public. So that was this new government's rationale to shut down the airline. Yeah. And unfortunately, um, it is during, it comes during a relatively busy tourist season. Um, but there you have it. Um, I just thought this was a very interesting and unique, and, and it's not very often that we talk about a national airline in Montenegro. Yeah. So. Oh, my word. Um, but I don't think they'll be missed that much. No. But. Well, it, it's, is it a, it's not, it's not government based, right? It is government based. Okay, so no, that's what of... that's the problem because the government was paying it, yeah, uh, and they were apparently, according to the new the new government, <clears throat> they were misrepresenting their finances to okay. the government and to the public. So they'll probably will start again, like you're saying, because it's a national airline, right? And a lot of these countries. But what will they do different? Um, Not cheat each other? I, I don't know. N- new government, so who knows what will happen? Yeah. Uh, okay. All right. More airline news. Um, well, yeah. Uh, Oman Air. Um, yes. They create my MySpace. Isn't that name taken? That was the only reason I mentioned this. <laughs> um, uh, I thought it was a trademark. I thought, isn't it a social media app? Uh, it a Facebook equivalent from Microsoft. I don't uh, know. No, it's not from Microsoft, but it's my, it's my, it's it's another social social media thing. Okay, and um, but it doesn't exist anymore, right? It actually still does, not as okay. it used to, but it's still out there. People still have MySpace accounts, and there's uh, information and stuff on it. But it's not a it's not okay. as big as it used to be. So yeah, well, Oman Air has introduced this program, and um, first I I, I didn't quite get what it was, but then it sort of made a little bit of sense um, in that it is a program by which um, Oman Air travelers can, at the time of booking or um, 
48 hours before departure, they can buy another seat or the entire row of seats next to them okay. for a price that is, according to them, affordable and convenient. This program is available three hours, until three hours before departure. Um, and they made sure to point out, this was on, from their website, that yeah. no safety procedures have been cut for the airline to offer this program. But um, I just wanted to mention that because of the MySpace thing. Because even what? I heard of MySpace as a <laughs> social media app. So why would they cut, why would they talk about safety on that? Because they were afraid that uh, they were now putting the onus of safety on the passengers instead of on the airline. Oh, because, of, so, because, they're, because they're trying to sell an empty seat? Yes. Huh. At a price that's not quite uh, equal to the cost of buying a separate individual seat. Yeah. Uh, so, so the I don't know how long they'll continue this because right now it might be okay with the drop in traffic. Yeah. But, and I guess uh, the fact that they're talking about it, they must know that what they're doing is not popular. Oh, well. Mm. Yeah. I know, but, you know, I mean, you have to give the airlines credit, right? They have to think of ways we're trying. Yeah. to make money. Yep. They're certainly not making it from butts in seats because there are no butts in the seats. Yep. Um, all right. So uh, we have another airline launching in China, and it's like, it's OTT. So what is OTT? Or should I say, um, uh, <laughs> <laughs> OPP is that is that from that song that, that rap song? No, uh, this is again a very um, interesting, shall we say, but a very odd story. Oh my so God. it depends. OTT Airlines. We had spoken about this months ago. I think in the summer. This is a subsidiary of China Eastern, which is a huge one of the big three in China. Yeah, based in Shanghai. And this is a subsidiary, but with an angle, because they are dedicated to only flying Chinese manufactured aircraft, which makes oh. no sense to me. But we, in the previous episode, we had talked about the MC-21 from Russia. Yeah. And this, again, is probably an imposition from the Chinese government that Chinese airlines had to buy these planes from COMAC, which is the... Chinese aviation uh, conglomerate, oh, the aircraft gosh. manufacturing conglomerate. So, I'm sure there's a secret thing with Boeing and the US airlines that we don't know about. <laughs> <laughs> there was, right? It wasn't a secret, but look how that is frayed. I know. But anyway, you're sidetracking me. I'm sidetracking. So I was curious why they would pick OTT, but it depends on who you ask. Okay. Because uh, remember, this is China Eastern, wholly owned. Um, what I found a little unusual is that even though it's completely different from China Eastern, it still has the same airline code of MU. So then I thought about, let's say, United and uh, let's say Commute Air. 
or uh, SkyWest, because they also are individual airlines, but they fly with the UA code. So I could rationalize that, but then came the, the OTT name. So according to where you read your article, it stands for one, two, three. And this is from a character um, from a classic text. It's a Taoist text from this uh, philosopher called Tao Te Ching. Mm -hmm. I'm sorry, it's the, that's the, the, the text. And it's from this philosopher called Lao Tzu. I hope I'm pronouncing that right. So it's based on the Taoist principle of uh, humility and religious piety. Uh, but then if you ask um, someone else from China Eastern, they say the OTT stands for on-time travel or over-the-top travel, which again sounds weird. But um, it's going to be based in Shanghai Hangzhou Airport, which is predominantly the, dom the domestic airport in Shanghai, and will provide regional service from Shanghai to um, cities in China, with, again, with only Chinese-made aircraft. And they actually started flying on December 28th from Shanghai to Beijing on this ARJ-21, which is a DC-9 ripoff. Yeah. Um, they're also going to buy the C-919, which is the A320 uh, equivalent. But uh, that's pretty much a 150 to 200 capacity aircraft. So I don't know how that would fly regional ops, but never mind that for now. This uh, ARJ-21 is about a 50-seat plane. Um, and uh, that's what they, they have about 50 or more uh, due for delivery later on uh, in 2021. And uh, sorry, 30 more expected by 2024. Yeah, it's sorry, great. it's between 78 and 90 passengers, not uh, 50. And so, so it's kind of like um, just what China needs, right? Another airline. Yeah, but um, what the government wants in China, the government gets. I guess they get, yeah. Um, so, because they were saying in October that uh, Chinese domestic traffic was 91% in 2020 of what it was in 2019. And okay. the load factors were 79%. Yeah. But international travel was down 98% year over which, year. Well, which makes sense because a lot, of the, a lot of the international borders are closed. And one yeah. of the things that um, people, uh, it's like, you know, the, the Chinese people, they've been wearing masks for a long time. Yep, so but all it, Asia, right? Look at yeah. the Japanese, the exactly. Taiwanese. So this kind of so this stuff is not is nothing new to them, um, yeah. and so controlling the virus in that kind of environment is much 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 easier. <sighs> yeah. All um, right. Uh, sorry, I have squirrels everywhere, and they're way too tame, and they won't go away. Um, all right. Uh, so OTT one two three instead of one two three airlines. Or uh, over the top. Uh, over the over the top. I like it. Or on time <laughs> travel. 
depending on your source of information. <laughs> so when you buy, so I guess you have to go buy a ticket to see what it says on your ticket, right? Oh. It just says OTT Airlines. Oh, it doesn't have any meaning. No, no. Because even on the livery, yeah. it's got fairly decent livery that looks like a Q to me. But it looks pretty nice. Yeah, it just oh, says OTT Airlines. Interesting. Um, oh. All right. Uh, so, <laughs> this is a funny story. Because Ireland's always trying to think of different ways to save money. And so, um, Japan Airlines is rewarding passengers who skip onboard meals? I think this is a good idea. I, they t- they're taking a page out of the um, hotel chain's waste saving initiatives that I know is going to get you going, where okay. uh, they uh, ask, this is where hotel guests ask you to reuse your towel and your sheets and whatever. No! <laughs> but Japan <laughs> Airlines is taking a page out of their book. Uh-huh. And I think it makes complete sense. This was a trial that started in November. This was in Business Traveler. And it's currently on one flight only. It's JL34, which is typically a 777 from Bangkok to uh, Tokyo, Haneda. Um, and it's a red eye. So it leaves Bangkok at about 10.40 in the night and gets to Tokyo early in the morning. How long is that flight? Five and a half hours. Okay. So they've been finding that um, passengers really don't eat their meal. Now, if you've flown an Asian carrier, you know that they have meal service on almost every single flight. And it's late at night. They want to sleep. Right. So they had a lot of food waste, Japan Airlines. So what they've said is that if you opt out of a meal, the carrier will not plan for a meal for you. But in return, you will get an upgraded amenity kit. So if you're in a premium economy, you get an upgraded um, uh, amenity kit. And if you're in... um, Economy and opt out of the meal, you get a business class amenity kit, which I think is a fairly good um, alternative. Though I'm not sure people really use amenity kits as much, but in any event, they would cut down on waste. So uh, this is called the ethical choice meal skip option. And it's available, as I said, only on a the uh, Bangkok Haneda Red Eye out of Bangkok. And it was trialed in November. Um, They must opt out at least 25 hours before departure through the Japan Airlines website. And see, I think that's going to be their Achilles heel. Because no one is going to remember that they have 25 hours and not 24 when they 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 check in or whatever. They'll communicate with them. They'll send them an email and say, I hey, hope you have. Yeah, yeah. Because so, that's what I was thinking. My first thought when I saw the story, I go, but you're going to have the meal anyway. And once you once you prepare the meal, you either use it right. or you toss it. So the 25-hour, give them catering time. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. Makes and then perfect what, sense. Yeah. And then what they'll but do. Will people do it, though? 
Um, Will they do it at the time of booking? Yes, because it's a different, um, the Japanese people is a different type of people who fly. They're, they're very disciplined and they're very organized. But right, it's not all Japanese though, right? Well, yeah, I mean, but... but, but I know I've taken this flight. Yeah. But people in Asia, they're very, very organized when it comes to yes. stuff like that. And so, you know, I'm pretty, and they've tested it, so they've seen that it works. And one thing I'm guessing is um, they will just have extras just in case. But then that, that defeat the purpose. No, but but you're better off having like four or five extras rather than having 20 extras, yeah. right? So this is actually, they're not the first one to try this because um, uh, Qantas in Singapore have, for instance, removed their economy class appetizers in, in favor of larger main course meals. And uh, carriers like New Zealand, Emirates and Etihad have resorted to waste recovery and AI to tell them um, how many meals to cater for. So I think this is a good thing, but I'm curious to know if this will expand to other uh, red-eye flights. So, and it has to be a certain duration. So I would imagine this would only be applicable to regional yeah. uh, departures because like from the US to Asia is pretty long and to go without a meal, I don't think that's um, something that would be uh, applicable on a large scale. Um, yeah, as um, so, uh, yeah, but remember, Krishna, that not, not an, <laughs> you love eating on planes. Not everybody loves eating. Not everybody loves eating on planes. And also, with the new COVID stuff, lots of people are not eating on the planes. Um, they are, yeah. they are, they're eating before and they're taking their own food. That's if you're getting food actually. Um, right. But you know, you yeah, you stuff where they, where they do like, you know, where they sell those boxes things, people just yeah. aren't, yeah, people just yeah. aren't, I mean, cause I'm not, that is true. I don't want to eat anything on a plane. When I flew and they gave me those things, um, I was like, should I eat these? I mean, I, I did eat them, but I was like, I had second, second thoughts about whether I should eat it or not. Um, so yeah. yeah, I mean, it's going to take a while before people go, yeah, I should be able to, I'm good with eating on board. Um, yeah, I, I, I mean, it, it's a, it's a very good idea. And as long as you, as long as you tell people that, um, you can opt out of the meal if you want to. Now, the question is. They're already charging me for the meal, right? Because it's a part of my ticket price. Do I get like a, a five dollar savings nope. if I don't get? The you get meal? an amenity kit, an upgraded amenity kit. Mm, do I really care? Well, <laughs> uh, hmm, okay. You know we have we, we have a lot of uh, stuff to to test in twenty twenty one. All right. No, I give them credit for doing this. Yeah, you have to. I mean, you know, it's, yep. you're wasting stuff anyway, so that makes sense. Yeah. Um, I'm curious to know if the hotels have really measured this their uh, success <clears throat> at this these uh, um, you know cost saving initiatives. So my thing with the hotels and their cost saving initiative, Krishna, you know, my my take on this, I I appreciate what they're doing, but I don't think they're passing the savings off to us. So they're like, well, okay, fine. Because um, 
you've probably still you're probably still going to use a certain amount of water anyway. So maybe what you don't have one extra one. Maybe you don't have one load, but you need a certain amount for it to make sense, right? That one can. I mean, you can see that about every room, right? Yeah, uh, yeah, but I don't know. Yeah. I, I think it would make sense, like with this thing that the huh. Pineola is doing. So they're trying to save money on the meals. So basically they're trying to save money on manufacturing or preparing. Yes, a, and waste. And wasting it, right? Yep. So if you can tell the consumer, hey, this meal costs us $5 to make for argument's sake. Um, we are, if you choose not to have the meal, we will give you a credit of $3. People were like, oh yeah, I'll do that. No, but no, you want to bet people will game the system and say no, and then eat the meal anyway? Who's no. going to check on board? Oh, oh, well, this is, how they, this is how they know. Everybody sits in a particular seat, and you know that this person opted, didn't opt for a meal. So when you get to this person, you're like, hey, are you kosher? He's like, yes. Um, nope, no meal for you. Are you Kerwin? Yep, meal for you. And that's how you do it. It, they, it, they, it actually puts a lot of work on the flight attendants, don't you? But they think? do it today. When you, go, uh, when you fly the low cost carriers and you, pay, you prepay a meal, that's how they huh. do it. When I flew oh, French, do they? Okay. Yeah. Okay. When I flew French B, she came around and she had the meals on there. She okay. had all the names. Okay. And she went to the people who had who had paid for the meal. I didn't, I think I had bought. I think I bought one. I bought the dinner, but not the arrival. Yeah, but see, you're the opposite though, right? Because most people probably would not purchase the meal beforehand. But in this case, most people would not. No, no, no. Most people are actually purchasing the meal because I was very shocked. I really? Was, I was like, you. Yeah, okay. like, there's no way anybody is buying these meals. And I looked around. Huh. And there was a lot of people buying these meals. Okay. It's a 10 and a half. For prepaid. Prepaid. Yeah, there are lots of people. Prepaid. Okay. So people are actually actively doing that already. Um, okay. Yeah. I, I was very shocked as well. I was like, there's no way. And yet people are doing it. So it's, if you communicate it, I think it'll be okay if you communicate right. it properly, uh, which is Japan Airlines. So of course they're going to communicate it properly. And they've tested it. So it works. But I think if they, if they somehow give me a credit. Wait, this is a test, by the way. Yeah. This is a test. Okay. So if they give me no. credit, if they give me like a $2 credit or something, I'm like, okay, I could, you're no. saving money. Let me save some money. Same thing with the hotels. The hotels, they're saying, yeah, we're saving the environment. Well, that's good for some people, but others are like, I don't care. And the, the people who don't care, you have to, in order to make them care, you give them something back. So you say- But don't you get increased points or something like that? No, they give you nothing. Not that I know. So that's the okay. thing. If you give me something, you would say, hey, if you don't use a towel, I'll give you a hundred points. Um, okay. Then it means I win. The environment wins and you look good because you're doing something. Okay. Um, but I don't think they know. They don't. They just like, they just give you that sign that says, um, you know, you don't have to use your towel again or whatever they say. No. Um, yeah. You, ha you have to make it win, win, win. Everybody has to win. Otherwise it doesn't work. Um, no. Anyway, uh, let's continue. Cafe. They, uh, and and uh, after this, we can talk about the Emirates seats because since you're talking about seats. Uh, okay. Cathay Pacific. You also have to keep an eye on the time. 
Uh, we only okay. have two. We only have two topics left. Three. All right. Uh, Cathay Pacific's new narrow-body JC is on. So, the but they have some money, Kushro. What executive what traveler? And um, the reason I mentioned this is because I don't know of a previous instance when Cathay Pacific operated narrow-body aircraft. That's why I brought this in. So this was, um, they got delivery of a new 321neo that was supposed to go to Cathay Dragon that operates regional routes oh, okay. in yeah, Asia. Yeah. So what they did is that they unveiled the, the new uh, business class, well, not business class, the, the premium class uh, seat on these narrow bodies at Cathay Pacific. Yeah. This is the first upgrade um, since 2013, I believe, um, of Regional J, as they call it. <clears throat> it's, of course, two and two in terms of the configuration. And uh, I don't know why this surprised me, but this is the first time that I knew of that Cathay Pacific did not have a lie-flat bed in J. Because... Um, apparently they have in their regional um, aircraft. So it, they call it a lazy Z, lazy Z, depending yeah. on where you are. So it doesn't really fold into a bed, but it um, gives you some measure of recline without intruding on the space uh, behind uh, uh, you. So it's, it's within a shell and it's a very different color um, uh, instead of the usual Cathay Pacific, uh, I believe it's a greenish color mm -hmm. on the regular aircraft. So this is more of a whitish, creamish color. But um, yeah, this, so this is the first uh, upgrade since 2013. And as they said, most flights are two hours with a few between four and six, which do not require a... Uh, the lie flat luxury of a J-class seat, according to the Cathay Pacific head of customer experience and design. So they have 16 coming, 16 of these 321 uh, um, NEOs coming to Cathay Pacific. And they will be split, the routes will be split between Cathay Pacific and Hong Kong Express, which is the LCC carrier. Right, okay. But they still haven't decided which routes will fly um, on which airline. So um, there are 50 cities to fill. Where's the money coming from? The Dragon's um, network that they have to make up. Because they got so, rid of the Dragon, right? Right. So this is a Cathay Pacific narrow body that I had never seen before. Yeah, I'd never seen one of those. But I guess because they were all Dragons, like you were saying. Right. Airlines, so, airlines are weird, Kasha. Why? I think they needed this plane, though. So you shut the down flights. You shut yeah. down the low-cost carrier, and then no, not the low-cost carrier, the regional. Well, the regional. Yeah, then but it bring, did have lower costs. Okay, and then you bring that fleet over to the main line. Right. <clears throat> um, but eventually, you're gonna reopen Dragon or something else again? No, 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 they're not doing that. They've got HK Express, which is their low cost carrier. 
Catholic Dragon was more uh, regional subsidiary of Catholic Pacific. Yeah, but you know... Mostly flying to China, the secondary cities in China. Yeah, so basically Catholic Pacific is doing that now. There's... Well, they're going to split it with HK Express. But they haven't decided um, which carrier flies to which city. Yeah. But this is the airline that just laid off a ton of people. Yes. But they bought new airplanes. <laughs> Remember, you can only defer so many. Yeah, I know. The, 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 this is why the, um, the airline industry is so weird. It's just oh. absolutely weird. Um, all right. They're getting two delivered this year, mm-hmm. four more in 2021. So they won't have a huge fleet and tend to follow in 2022 and beyond. So they had already had these on order then. Correct. But, but for Cathay Dragon and then they used it for Pacific. Correct. Okay. So. All right, fine. Um, okay. So yes, you were going to talk about Emirates quickly. Yes. Yeah, speaking of seats, um, and we still have one more article after that. Yes. Uh, Emirates launched the premium economy thing. What do you think of it? Um, the seat is okay. Again, I don't like the fixed. Uh, uh, Good thing? No, the fixed, um, what is the word? Between seats, you know, where you can't raise the yeah, rest. It's, it's the bucket thing. Yeah. yeah the the bu- seat looks comfortable, but I, on, on Emirates, but I hate the color scheme. But it's just, Even, isn't it the same as the uh, No, the it's other light cream. It's going to show dirt. And that color scheme where they have that fake wood yeah, um, on the toilet seats, for instance, and on the seat uh, trim, they've now got it against the windows and it looks hideous in my view. Oh, but it's the same color, Kisha. What is? The, um... the seat? Yeah. It's a cream colored seat. Uh, yeah, it is cream colored. Which is going to show up dirt like you would not believe. Oh, that's fine. They're right? Them. The airlines are cleaning their seats properly now, so don't worry, it'll be fine. <laughs> and do you see the window um, trim? Yeah, that's fine. You don't. You like think that? it's fine? You don't like that? I think it. No, I don't. But I think but, it looks really, really ugly. You know why? It's because have you flown in Emirates first class? I know, but I've walked through it. And yeah, well, I mean, well, even the toilets in Emirates economy. That's what it looks like. Yes, you're right. You're right. And I hate it because it looks <laughs> fake. <laughs> yeah, I don't like the bucket seats. That's what always kills me with these. Um, but you know, but it, it looks pretty good, though. It looks nice. It looks you comfortable. Rest. You got a foot rest. You got a leg rest. Um, yeah. And so, and the seat comes out of the side. Uh, yes, yeah, so so it's not, it's not it's too It's standard. Bad. We talked about this a uh, couple of weeks ago. Yeah. That it's no great chicks in terms of space or comfort because this seat is used by a lot of other airlines. Yeah. It's but a- I don't like the color and I don't like the window trim. Well, at least they're keeping the 380s. <laughs> yes. And they're going to retrofit some of them. Uh, yeah. This, I mean, it's, it's, it's actually not too bad. I'm trying to see where they... Oh, that's just the case. Okay. And now the logo will include the... Uh, a particular type of native tree in the UAE. 
Yeah. Which again doesn't look too bad, but that window trim looks awful. Oh come on, Krisha. I think it, <laughs> I think it actually looks really it looks really good. No, no. Yeah. Uh, oh okay. So. So, so what I always hate with these is that why do they have two for two on these planes? I mean, I, I, I get I get why, but I hate the two for two because I don't want to be that person in the middle. Because then I have to step over somebody to get where I need to go. Actually, they should get rid of the two, three, two configuration in business. I would yes. not be That's happy with the middle get. seat yeah. in business class. Yeah, but and it, having it, to jump over someone to get out. I mean, it's not bad. It's 19 and a half inch wide. Uh, what, the premium economy seat? Yeah, 8 inch required. It's a standard seat and with 40, 38 inch yeah. pitch. Uh, 40 inch pitch. Okay. Yeah. Although, oh. although when I look at the picture, it looks a little narrow for me. But Not bad. God, when you have so much money. Everybody, I know, really. The people are getting rid of the A380 and Emma's like, nope, we're putting better seats than them. <laughs> <laughs> so Airbus must be happy. Oh, that's cool. Oh. All right, so there we have it. Um, it's not all doom and gloom in the industry. However, though, Virgin Australia, we, we forgot to include this in our uh, 737 MAX thing. That's right. That's right. Uh, yeah, but what are they doing with their MAXs? So they had um, 25 10s and 23 8s on order. Okay. From Boeing. This is of the 737 MAX. And they essentially cut that in half. So they got rid of all their uh, Dash 8 orders uh-huh. and are instead concentrating on the Dash 10. Uh-huh. I remember that Virgin Australia has been in administration and has relaunched as a very different airline. They got rid of their 330s and their 777s to focus exclusively on... Uh, 737 flights. Um, Also, most of their long haul uh, international routes are gone and they're just going to fly uh, regional uh, international, like uh, around uh, the Oceania area and perhaps Indonesia. I'm not sure about the Philippines. Um, But I just thought this was a significant uh, customer for the MAX and how Boeing is hit again um, by customers continuing to cut back on their max orders. I guess it makes sense so, because they can just use the, the their 800s for domestic Australia, which is what yes. they're doing now. Yes, because they've um, even cut those back. That, that yeah. have been, they have been bought up or taken up by uh, Rex, which is the new Australian uh, mainline airline. Yeah, which I think um, is going to have issues, you know. Well, this is a good opportunity to try and break in to that yeah. market. I don't think it's going to work. I like Rex. I really do like Rex, but I think I think what they're so, doing is not going to really um, really work. But we'll see. Well, we'll give it time. Time. They yeah. have just a few aircraft right now, but uh, because even they've then, kept the color scheme, by the way, of the Saabs yeah. on the seven thirty seven. So, I mean, they're they're not even doing so. Um, uh, what's the word I'm looking for now? In terms of um, 
like there there aren't a lot of passengers flying. So if there's not a lot no. of passengers flying, I mean, you go from a little Saab to a 737-800. I mean, right. That's huge. But see, they're not catering to connecting passengers, really, because most of the Australian trunk routes are uh, point-to-point, right? Well, yeah, yeah. And they are the most profitable. So. I don't know. Seems strange. Seems very because most of Australia's population is on the coasts, right? There's mm-hmm. very little inland. So. Yeah, the, the cash cows are the Gold Coast to Sydney and Melbourne, and then the and Melbourne. Brisbane, and uh, and Brisbane and Perth, yeah, and Adelaide, and the long, the long haul, yeah, the long haul. Um, Perth is good. Um, yeah, so. it's 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 strange. So we have quite a few things to look forward to for 2020. And speaking of that- They actually- Go ahead. Sorry, one more thing. They actually said that um, no wide body routes, at least in the next 24 to 48 months. And they're not really worried about it because as Jane um, Herdlicker, she's the CEO of uh, the new Virgin Australia says, Okay. they have a lot of fleet flexibility options due to incredibly attractive aircraft prices, which is probably true. Uh, Uh, I'm pretty sure Qantas is trying to sell them a few. (laughs) But no, they they actually pointed out, uh, this was an aviation week, Uh that the 2019 Australia domestic market share was 43% Qantas, 34% Virgin Australia, and 23% Jetstar. Hmm. So Qantas is overwhelming, but that's to be expected. Well, yeah, I mean, they are the natural. So Rex is going to have its work cut out for it. Yeah. But I'm sure they knew that when they got into this. Yeah, maybe they just have a a little extra money hanging around. (laughs) Well, a little money is all you needed, right, at this time to pick up these ex-Virgin Australia 737s. Yeah, I mean, and, you know, uh, we, we did talk crew. about that. Yep. Yeah, that, that it, it is putting employment around. My only thing though, Kusha, is that, um, you know, and in the, I haven't been in the industry for so long, we realized that a lot of people get laid off from time to time. Mm-hmm. And it so- Regularly. Yeah, so it's it's not an industry where you go in and you're like, well, I shouldn't say make a career out of it because people used to make a career out of it, but it's not the same anyway. Mm. Because um, nowadays the airlines come and they go, and they yep. go very and they go very quickly. Yep. Um, because everybody wants low fare and everybody tries to cater to the low fare market, and low fare people don't care. They they pay five bucks for their tickets, mm-hmm. and they expect you know twenty dollars worth of service. So. Um, which is, which is always a problem. Inherently, inherently, when you do that, you're creating problems from the get-go. Um, because, well, because time will tell. Yeah, it, it's, it, it's, you know, sadly, it's the reason why most airlines, when they have to do upgrades, they don't upgrade regular people, quote unquote. They upgrade their frequent flyers. Mm. Um, because, you know, people can be, oh yeah, I bought this cheap ticket and I got upgraded. And then they expect that every time. Yeah. Uh, and it's like, no, you got to pay. 
um because everybody you know a lot of people want little for nothing something for nothing which is really bad yeah um all right was it all you had but there you have it yes all right so yes we will see you next in 2021 yeah because this is episode 59 maybe we should have one more episode or something and kind of talk about but it's been sort of slow though in terms of news Uh, um yeah but you know there's always something fun going on yeah um Maybe yeah. we could have like a, a 2020 recap um, and maybe just talk about all the, all the big things and what we think is going to happen in mm. 2021 and all that. Or maybe instead of looking backwards, we look forward and say this is our, but maybe we can do that for the first episode for 2021. Which is what? Uh, we can just make it a review episode where we can just talk about... Um, you know, what we see happening in 2021, um, who... Does anybody know? Yeah, well, you know, but we have enough knowledge of what's going on. We know biometric is going to be big because yeah. everybody's doing it. Um, you know, we can talk about what the airports are doing, airport testing. Um, lots and of also these COVID passports, testing. as they're calling it. Exactly. You know, what's going to happen with that? Is it going to be where you have to have a COVID test to enter a country? It's not there yet, and kind of how that's going well, to be. Well, Qantas has said that it's going to be mandatory. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, when, when, when do we think people are going to start feeling again. to get back on a plane? Yep. Um, because that's not, that is not something that people, people still don't feel safe to get on a, get mm-hmm. on a plane. Um, I still think it's quite remarkable how China, as where it all started, has probably gone back to normal, mm-hmm. and the rest of the world is still reeling yeah, from this. Yeah, it's just it's a testament to just people following instructions. Yeah, um, yeah, you know, and all right, and not um, as we travel, we and you know, you and I know this because we see it all the time. Um, how culture has a lot to do with everything mm-hmm. right? it has everything to do with it yeah and people always trying to say that um you know we're free or whatever it is but are you really free right and so every time somebody says this is what you need to do people go no i don't want to do that um there's a tiktok video and this lady she's just i'm going to send a link to you she's just hilariously funny and, um, and she speaks the truth. She's like, you know, the, your reality has changed. Mm-hmm. Um, so when you sit there and you go, well, I'm not wearing a mask because, because of whatever reason, and you come up with all the medical reasons in the world why, why, why you shouldn't wear a mask. Um, when, and I was just thinking, when you go to the hospital and you get oxygen, the first thing is put a mask on your face. <laughs> so... <laughs> So people try to come up with all kinds of reasons why they can't do something, and it's like, it's not a, it's it, it, it's about the entire, it's about it's about the greater good of the society that you live in, and um and I think the sooner we realize most people that, don't care about that, yeah. right? Well, a lot of people don't yeah, care about. We that. should though, because sure, right? we're going to get getting into philosophical discussions here. We are, but that's okay. We should. It's like this morning. Is it? It's like I was walking in the park this morning. And um, they're having a birthday party for their kids. Now, first, there's a sign at the park that says the, um, the, the playground is closed. 
um, the park, people went and they put tape around it. Do huh. do not cross around uh-huh. it. The parents take it down. And oh it. my God. They have a sign up that says the park is closed due to COVID. They, they're having a birthday party at the park and the park is swarming. The play, play, playground is swarming with kids. The parents are all huddled together. On their phones. No, zero wearing a mask. And they're all next to they're all huddled next to each other. And I'm like, this is why we have a problem. <laughs> so um, and we will continue to have a problem. We will continue to have a problem because people just don't think those people right there, they don't think that they should follow whatever the rules are. Um, they think they can do whatever they want and nobody should be able to tell them to tell them anything. Can you um, say entitled? Yes, yes. And, and, and I felt, I was like, yeah. that's really bad. But so anyway. hopefully in aviation, um, we will get better at it. Hopefully 2021, um, we, we've got the vaccine coming and some people are already getting vaccinated. And, um, and we, know we're gonna, we know we're not gonna get full compliance with vaccinations. Um, but hopefully, um, you know, it'll yeah. help. So keep wearing your mask. Um, it, it, is, it is what it is, right? All right. So anyway, um, that's- Thank it. you for listening. Yes. And thank you for your support in 2020. Um, we really appreciate it. Thank you for downloading on Spotify. Um, and we've got Google and Amazon and all the different um, uh, podcasts and services. So all the search of what's happening in travel or search for a name, Kershaw Parak or Kerwin McKenzie, and you'll find us. So this is episode 59. Dude, we didn't make it to episode 60 for the year, although we actually have 60 episodes. But we've only, um, I need to go back and do the other one. But this is episode 59. All right. Uh, Talk to you guys soon. Oh, we didn't sign off properly. Um, I am Kerwin and this is my buddy. I'm Kushro. There we go. And um, Happy New Year, everybody. That's right. Happy New Year.